like you need to unpeel. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for the ministry of Holy Spirit. I now move out of the way you in charge, all of you, none of me, more of you and less of me. See through my eyes, see through my ears, let them see, hear, and say, no man except Jesus the Christ ministering and speaking these words of life unto their being. And when it's all said and done, we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage everyone who can to make sure you're here on next week. Really stick with me throughout this entire message. I probably won't get a whole lot in today, again, because we're praying for teachers and students, and our communion Sundays are always a little tight. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought I said next week yeah because I'll be giving you an update on where we are with our building we have so many new faces here uh, and, and, and so I'm ha almost having to reintroduce the vision of right way and what we're doing at 2500 University Boulevard all over again for those of you that don't know we own 211 acres of property we're building an amazing facility almost 60,000 square feet over there on about 70 acres of it, uh, amongst some other things, our amphitheater, our lake that we'll be putting out there. And I want to bring you up to breast on where we are, uh, how our plans are uh, moving through uh, the city permitting, and then what we need to do uh, moving forward so that we can get um, our building project jumped back off and get over there to our new property. Those of you that see us coming to the altar every Sunday, but primarily on our Fourth Sundays, we call it Believe to Build Sunday because we're believing that when we're in a building project, God supernaturally allows extra finances to come into the hands of his people. And that's not time for you to turn up. God is putting it in your hands so that you will bring it to his house and sow it. And so for those of us who get it, as I do, you know, people hit me up on my cash app and bless me. I allow all of my money that comes to my cash app to come to the altar as my Believe to Build seed. And so thank Thank God for those of you that saw into my life and you already know where it's going. I appreciate you unless I have a bill or something I have to take care of. But I'm just purposing in my heart that if I build God's house, God has promised me that he'll build mine. Amen. And so let's not prostitute this season where we're seeing extra. God is doing it because you are a partner and a part of this ministry. And God has something in mind that he's trying to build. And he has to work through the people to get it done. Now, if the dog runs in the room with a bag in his mouth, don't stop the dog because it might be money in the bag. But God uses people to get his work done in the earth. Amen. We say do it, do it, Lord, so much that we don't realize that in order for God to do it, he has to use a, a vehicle in the earth to get it done. There are very few things that God, catch this now, I know how you've been religiously taught, but I got to give Bible to you. There are very few things in the earth that God does apart from people. There are very few things in the earth that God does apart from people. If God intended to ever do it without people, he would have never given us the, the uh, great commission. Matthew 28, all power was given unto me in heaven and earth. Watch this. Go ye therefore into all the world. If God was going to do it without man, why would he need to tell us to go? Does that make sense? So there are very few things that God is doing in the earth without man because God gave man control of the earth. Amen. So he's going to work back through that man. That would be you and I. He's going to work back through us to get done in the earth what he initially wanted to get done. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish. He didn't put man in the earth and say, watch me. I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to multiply. I'm going to replenish and I'm going to subdue. No, he put man in the earth and then gave the orders to man to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. Does that make sense? And he's going to work right back through that same man and that would be you and I. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen.
Y'all got that? All right, all right, all right. So, you know, okay, praise the Lord. That's, that's another message we get to. Um, so we're in a series entitled Step Up. Step Up. Step Up. Step Up. What are we saying? Okay, y'all can sit the rest of the four wind. Don't worry about it. You'll catch later on. I don't have enough time to go through it again. That's a chance. <laughs> that was on a, that's a prophetic word that the Lord gave me. He said that uh, he said, no more exceptional, no more common, Vincent, only exceptional. And so that's what we're talking about. This series is called Step Up. Our subtitle is The Exceptional Life. Uh, our message focus is an above average living inside out. An above average living. How? Inside out. We're going to stop this. We're trying to put it on the inside, on the outside to make folk think we got some on the inside. We live life inside out. How do we live life? We live life. And you can put as many Gucci belts, Louis Vuitton, Mac, whatever you want to put on you. If that ain't in you first, you just got some on. Amen. All right, all right. God don't want us to live a covered up life. He wants us to live a life that our light shine, that other men see our good works and glorifies him. You got it? And so this is going to be part two. Uh, we're talking about living God's way. Now, very quickly, I promised you I was going to give you my notes. So they're going to put a QR code up there. And if you would scan that QR code, you're going to be able to, there it is, you're going to be able to download my notes. Now, those, those, those of you that have Androids, you can QR I'm apostolic, so I don't know what the droid does. That sounds like a demon droid. Sound like a demon, don't it? Apostolic. Get my notes right there. So let's look at our two focus scriptures we're using for part two. Part two, now remember part one, we talked about living God. I mean, we talked, it was introduction. Today, part two, we're going to talk about living God's way. Come on, live, say living God's way. Now, I want, you to, I want you to lean all the way in. I want you to lean all. I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make a statement. Um, and you got my notes so you can go back and study. And I know many of you are going to be studying. And, it's, you know, you're, you're going to have these Bibles. They got commentaries in it, which is a, that man's comment about the text and all that stuff. But I want to give, give you a statement that's going to um, that's gonna save your life, if I can. I'm going to say it just like that. It's going to save your life. The Old Testament, listen, listen, if you catch this revelation, it'll change everything you see when you read the Old Testament, if you catch this revelation. The Old Testament is not standing in. The Old Testament is pointing to. The Old Testament is a pointer. It, it, it has no legs to stand within itself. The Old Testament is pointing, watch this, to somebody. It's pointing to somebody. This is what Jesus said, standing on the other end of the Old Testament. He said, search it. For in it you think you have life, but it is testifying about me. So the Old Testament was pointing. That's why it's an incomplete revelation and a progressive revelation. It's not finished. It's pointing to something that's going to finish it. If you catch that revelation, it'll, 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 it'll change the whole way you start looking at the Bible, at the Old Testament. That it's a pointer. Are you listening to me? Just wanted to get that to you because I know when you start your studying, you're going to, and even when we read, we're going to go back there. But all, everything back there was pointing to someone that was coming. Amen. 
Okay, so let's look at Titus chapter 2, verse 7, and then Romans, we're going to look at verse uh, chapter 8, verse 7 through 9, and then verse 14. Come on, say, live in God's way. Now, you got my notes so I can move a little fast through some things because I'm trusting that you are going to become a student of the word for yourself. If, you, if you're not in the study in the Bible and you're just in the checking off, you know, uh, the fact that you came to church and you're not trying to grow in God, right way is not the church for you to be coming to. If you're just trying to check God out, you know what I'm saying? Right way ain't the church for you to be coming to because my, my assignment, success for the pastor, is growing people. Success for the pastor is not beautiful buildings, LED screens, uh, clean facilities. That's called excellence. <laughs> and, and what most churches have done, they, they've exchanged excellence for success. But no, 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 no. We need both excellence and success. And excellence and success together is called exceptional. We should have beautiful facilities and beautiful people because those people are growing. Those people are growing. At some point, I could probably hand my notes off to any member uh, if they've been with me for a while. And you should be able, be up, you should be able to get up here and at least flow with the notes because you've matured enough and you've followed your pastor enough to know that if I just gave you the notes, you'd be good. Amen. The Bible says we're supposed to be growing up into him in all things is what the book say. Amen. Say grow me, Lord. Now, now, Titus chapter 2 verse 7. Come on, let's move fast. I'm going to trust my screens so I won't have to turn to my Bible that much. Titus chapter 2 verse 7, Romans chapter 8 verse 7 through 9, and I think I got verse 15 or 14 on my notes. Here it is. Read with me. Ready? Read. In all things showing thyself a pattern of Good works. How? In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Keep reading all the way to verse 9. Sound woo, that cannot be, uh-huh, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Verse 9, exhort servants to be obedient to their their own masters, and to please them well in, uh-huh, not answering again. Stop, hold that scripture right there for a minute because I, I mean, that may not have been in my notes, but it's a good place. So let me correct that because you, you, I was only supposed to read verse 7. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Let, let me correct that since we're there because what, what people try to say is the Bible was approving of slavery. The Bible is never approving of slavery. And actually, if we were to use old English terminology, Slavery, right slavery is still alive today. You say right slavery. Yes, that if a person commits a crime, we put them in jail. Old English would call them a slave. If, if, a per, if during times of war, we call it a POW, but if you were in old English, we wouldn't call them prisoners of war. We would call them slaves. Does, do you get what I'm saying? Another translation of this word master and servant is not the Bible approving of uh, people having slaves. The scripture is clear that if you was to take a man from his country and sell him, the persons that did it should be put to death. 
Amen. So when you look in the Old Testament and you see though when the Bible, uh, the, uh, the Old Testament, the law is giving instructions about slaves, those were either people that were taken because they had to pay off a debt, people that were taken because of war, or people that were now in prison because of a crime, and they would call them slaves, not slaves. God never approved of Europeans and, and, you know, taking people from Africa, bringing them over to the United States and making them work and whipping them the Bible never approved that stop letting people let's stop letting people tell you that it's not scripture amen and if you want to really go further and kill that argument you do understand that most of all of the Old Testament was written in Africa okay, you just work with that on your off time <laughs> that it wasn't like pigments people back in the Old Testament enslaving Oh, okay, you just work with that in your off time. What you going to do with that one? <laughs> okay, so go to, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 7 through 9, then verse 14. Come on, move fast, help me out. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not to the... Law, stop right there. I got, I, see, I know I ain't going to be able to get through this like I want to. That law of God is not talking about the 666 plus laws of the Old Testament. We, you and I, Jesus fulfilled all of those. He fulfilled them all. So now he becomes the subscratum of the, 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 the fullness of the law is now Jesus. So we do what he says and in doing what he says, we fulfill all of those laws. Because all of the, the Bible says Christ is the end of the law. Because he fulfilled them all. But now, watch this. You and I are still under a law. Yes, we are. That's, that would be Romans, same, same chapter. Might as well go to verse 1. Because I, 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 we got new people here, and they need to explain it. Because, you know, you got all type of, po you need to obey the law. No, 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 no. The Bible says you live by that law, the Old Testament. You're going to be judged by it. And the law, listen to me. God, got to teach. The law was not given to the people to make them perfect. I'm going to say something else going to trip you out. It was really not even given to them to obey because they couldn't. Because if you broke one, you broke them all. So it couldn't have been given to them to obey because I'm going to break one. The law was given to bring them to the end of themselves to show them that you couldn't do it without God. So it was given to them to make them turn, not to make them live right. Okay, Do with it what you want to do with it. You and I are yet still under a law, though. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are, watch this, who walk not after the spirit but after the flesh for the, next verse, for the, for the, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Here's the other Old Testament law, hath made us free from the law of sin and death. We are still under law. We're now under the law. We're under the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. This law is a law of life. The second law or the first law, Old Testament law, was a law of death. We're under the law of the spirit of life in Christ. And this law has made us free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do in that it was weak. I'm going too far. Y'all pushing me somewhere. No, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. They ain't ready for it. I know a little scripture. Go back to verse 7. Let's keep on reading. I know a little bit of the Bible. Not a whole lot. Because the carnal mind is in against God. 
uh, for, for, for it is not subject to the law of God. See that, that now nah, it's talking about that spirit of life law. Your mind, your carnal mind, it's not subject to that, to that law of the spirit of life in Christ. Watch this. Neither indeed what? It can't even be. But verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, now. Pause, pause, got to teach as we're moving. It's not talking about because you're in these flesh bodies you can't please God. That word flesh there is actually, it's, it's, it's metaphor, it's talking about spirit. Flesh and spirit. It's making a, a distinction between a person that's in the spirit and a person that's walking according to the flesh or the works or the deeds or the desires of the flesh. Because part of your flesh is sold under sin. Get what I'm saying? So that's what it's making a distinction. Not because you're in a flesh body, because God gave us a flesh body to dwell in. So it's not talking about this skin that you can pick up. Neither when the Bible talks about heart. Let me go and straighten this out because I heard a very famous person. And, and you know, ain't no shame. Ain't no shame. Ain't, ain't, no, um, ain't no haterism in me. I just, I just want people to be correct. And I can see... I can, sometimes God will let me peek around the corner and he wants me to say stuff because my prophetic voice is bigger than just these four walls and he wants to save, he allows sometimes the prophet to see what's around the corner so that the prophet can warn the people that it's okay if you walk that way but be careful how you're walking because if you walk wrong you'll catch what's around the corner. So, so I said that to say, and I'm not going to call her name, but a very famous person. She did an IG, and I guess she must have brought a therapist or somebody on her IG and asked her to lead them in prayer. And the, the young lady told her, you know, put your hand on your heart, and there's one place that God always wants you to be mindful of because it beats 24 hours, and, and that's at your heart. And, and feel your heart. Feel your heart quiet and feel your heart. And that's where God is. And, and go to your heart right now and, and see yourself in your heart. See yourself meeting God at your heart. God is never in your beating heart. <laughs> when the Bible talks about heart, it ain't talking about that thing go do 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 do. You can't go there and meet God there. It's a that's a bloody place. Y'all ain't going to meet God. That heart is for your human body. When the Bible talks about heart, when the Bible talks about heart, right? We understand what the heart is. The heart is the part of it's the organ that gives life. To the rest of the body. So you have a natural body and you have a spiritual body. And your spiritual body has a heart. When it's, it's talking about your new regenerated spirit. When the Bible says heart, it's talking about your regenerated spirit. How, how are you going to make sure you serve in God with your beating heart? Come on, think about that. He, he says, serve the Lord God with all your mind, all your strength, all your heart. How are you going to take your beating heart and make it serve God? You're going to make it beat a different way? Now, we're going to beat regularly when we live it. But when we serve God, instead of going ba-boom, ba-boom, we're going to go ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And, she, and so she, she led all of her, she allowed that lady to lead all of her followers and make them think that God is going to meet you right there in that beating heart. God don't meet you in your beating heart. When the Bible talks about heart, it's talking about your regenerated spirit. And watch this. God don't meet you in your heart. God speaks to your heart. If your heart is beating irregularly, that's, that, that, is a, that is a voice that God gave to the heart to let you know that you need to go get that checked out. Not, not, not you getting up in the morning time and uh, let me go. God, are you in there? I need to meet. Are you there? I'm coming. Let me finish brushing my teeth. I'm coming, God. No. 
And I got scared because I've seen this happen before with another famous person that led women astray the same way. By bringing an Ark of the Covenant inside of her conferences and made all those women at her conference bow down to it and worship it. And the Bible says in that day, talking about this day, you're not supposed to say the Ark of the Covenant, neither even remember the Ark of the Covenant. Because now the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in a box that's covered in gold with, with archangels covering the holy place. Watch this. His holy place now is in your heart. Know ye not that your body is the temple. So think of the ignorance of all the women that thought they were strong who listened to that woman tell them to bow down to them carrying an ark. You don't even supposed to have a church with, a ark, with a box up there no more. It's not. He now dwells in the hearts of men. Why we keep trying to go back to the Old Testament? And, and, and repractice what they did back then. It was pointing to. It wasn't standing in. You're preaching good, pastor. You're preaching so. And so many people want to keep you standing in something and totally dismiss what it was pointing to. It was pointing to Jesus. Preaching good, pastor. If we could just get the people Jesus, he's enough. Okay, let's keep on moving. Put up that verse 14. Ooh, seven minutes. God almighty. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? So we're talking about living God's way. Now, I, I got to take some time right here. You got the notes. I can move a little faster. How many people got the notes? Y'all got the notes? Okay, all right. That's not everybody. Okay. Why y'all didn't get them notes? Now, stop laughing. I got to go somewhere. Stop laughing. You couldn't get it on your phone? You, 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 okay. Put it back up there again. Put it back up there again. Some of you, I know some of you in the room don't care. And you'll leave right out and say all type of stuff about church and let folk tell you that the Nicene Council changed the Bible and provide for you no proof. If I wrote a letter if I wrote a letter, if I wrote a, come on, I want you to think. I got to open the eyes of your understanding. If I wrote a letter directly to you and it did not go to the White House, how could the White House change it? All the letters that Paul wrote went directly to the church. They didn't go to the Nicene Council first and the Nicene Council sent them to the church. They went directly to the church. They were hand delivered to the church. So how did it not see it? And then they, could, they, they don't provide no proof. They just tell you that and don't provide no proof to you and you eat that up. And here's a pastor saying, take the notes. St Acts 17, 11, put it up there. Study it out. And you won't even take the notes so you can go back and study to make sure what you're reading and what I'm teaching you is of God. And then you get mad because you get off. I'm challenging you. These were more noble than they in Thessalonica. In that they received the word of God with readiness of mind. But they didn't stop there. They didn't just leave it with just the pastor saying it. They went and searched the scriptures for themselves. To see if those things were so. Pastors aren't gods. You make them gods when you don't go back and check. And then get mad because you didn't do your duty of checking and got off. There is a level of trust you're supposed to have with me. 
But to make sure that your trust is good, I'm going a step further by giving you my study so you can go and study. Some of you ask, Pastor, I just don't know how to study the Bible. What you think I'm teaching exceptional living for? That is God's word to you that he's trying to get to you in this season about living an exceptional life or living life his way. And you over there studying on four horses in Revelations. And you don't even ride horses. You trying to figure out if folks die, do they stay in the ground or do they rise? And you still living and broke. Why you care where if somebody go if they die? Where they at right now? We be studying all the wrong stuff. Because all we want to do is argue. We don't want to grow. We want to debate. We don't want to grow. I'm trying to grow you. If you would just let me. There's the QR code. There are my notes. Study it out. So you will know. Don't leave all your salvation with me at the altar. I want to talk about two eternal lives. It's all the time I'm going to get in. I'm going to have to move a little fast. Uh, now, listen to me carefully. Lean in. I'm going to take you to Bible college just a little bit. I think I may have mentioned this before, but I didn't really get a chance to teach it out like I wanted to because I think this is so important for us to understand when we're talking about this exceptional life. This word, How many of you heard this eternal life, right? Eternal life. And we mostly hear it in the, in the box in going to heaven after you die, right? But... This word eternal life or this statement eternal life is also worded in scripture as being called everlasting life or life everlasting. That's just two other ways you'll hear that stated. Watch this. This is important because the church, please listen to me, is treating the world and leaving the earth as it is as if it doesn't matter. And I believe God is upset with his church, his bride, because she's glad, when I say she, I'm talking about us, that we're no longer on fire, but we're ignoring everything. Fire out. And we, we all right that we are no longer over there and we just forget about them as if that's what salvation is saying. Salvation is not saying forget about the world. Salvation is not saying that God is not concerned about the earth because the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So it belongs to God so he saves us so that as much as we can we save it. So it does matter to God. It absolutely, it 100% matters to God. You're going to see that it even matters to God how you look when people look at you. 
Now, I can prove that to you very easily. School, system, school is about to be back in, and we have teachers that have the opportunity to be a little more involved with their classroom than other teachers because, and dot, 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 you fill in the blank. But those teachers who have smaller classroom, who can give a little bit more attention, who don't have the weight of the home office on them having to provide all this paperwork, but they can be teachers. They, they, they can look more than just to the child being educated. They can actually see the life of the child also. And it, watch this. And in seeing the life of the child, they can they can they can pull they can they can pull a judgment that that child is hungry, that child is malnourished, that child is not being taken care of. In other words, they can see the reflection of the home on the child. And so, don't tell me God ain't concerned about how you look, because how you look tells them how well your God is taking care of you. Don't tell me, don't tell me. That's, that's why I just, you, you would never see me coming up here just commonly casual. I can't do it. Golly, 18. God, dog it. I'll just read this part. It's important because the church is treating the world and leaving the earth as if it doesn't matter. We've got a gazing up when the order was a going out. And we got to change that position of the church. Remember, we, we just like the disciples. They saw Jesus go up. All you got to do is listen to all your prophets today. All of them prophesying about Jesus coming back. I got news. He won't even be back in 50 years. No man know at the day or the hour. You right. But the times tell me that it won't even be 50 years. 50 years from Listen, I was a little boy. And I remember sitting at my grandmama den and hearing my grandmama say, Lord, Jesus coming back any day. I'm 52 now. I've <laughs> been 50 years later. He ain't been here yet. You know why? Because a king never comes back to his castle when there's war. He only comes back when there's peace and safety. The king comes back when his castle is the head, not when his castle is the tail. The church goes out on top. The church don't go out on the bottom. And you look at the church right now, we ain't on the top. We don't even know we believe the Bible yet. And you want Jesus to come back. The Bible says when they shall say war, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places, he said, we don't read the Bible. He says, see that you be not troubled for the end is not yet. So why you looking at stuff that's going on saying Jesus on the way back? It's a contradiction of the text. Jesus saying, no, you're not going to get it by public observation to know if I'm coming back. All you got to do is look at my bride. She'll tell you when I'm on my way back. Because if any woman sent a text to her husband saying, come home. Oh, y'all sleep, y'all sleep, y'all sleep, y'all sleep, y'all sleep. If she say come home and she got on the right outfit. He coming in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Oh, y'all miss it, y'all miss it, y'all miss it. So the bride ain't dressed right to be calling on her bridegroom. So sleep, y'all so sleep, you're listening to the wrong folk. The bride ain't dressed right. She got on cotton. Dressed like it winter time. I got a little bit more time at work. She sent the right picture. I'll. Now y'all laughing, but that's really what's going to happen. 
You may not like my example, but that's what's going to happen. She's in a position where she can call on her king. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.